Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, adversary, which is an enemy or opponent. Adversary. It's been a while since I've been able to get to you guys on a Sunday, so I hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday. It's uh, looking pretty good here in North Carolina. The weather has warmed up a little bit. And just like the, you know, when we used, I used to, I shouldn't say used to. That sounds bad, but I can remember when I was a kid, it, it seemed, I can remember the uh, pastor, preacher, or bishop, or whoever, whatever, may have been presiding over the Sunday services, would always start with, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it, and that I will do. So, I hope everyone is enjoying their Sunday here, despite everything that's going on in the world. First up is, uh, I don't know if many of you have heard, but the passing of a hip-hop artist by the name of Black Rob, who was assigned to Bad Boy Records and had that hit, Whoa, has passed. Passed yesterday, as a matter of fact. Looks like it's uh, kidney failure, I believe. He just discovered or had recently discovered he was having kidney failure and was going on dialysis and some people had gotten together and set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for, of course, the medical costs and also uh, just to, just for his general well-being. But it looks like it may have been too late. I believe one article I read said that he had recently found out that there was he was having kidney failure, and it may have you know it may have just been too late. So he he most definitely will be missed and remembered. So everyone keep his family in their prayers, of course. And sadly, <clears throat> excuse me, looks like uh, here we go again. Another mass shooting. This time in Indianapolis, Indiana at a FedEx hub. Happened Friday. Uh, young man, I, I believe they're saying like, the reports are coming in, but they're kind of sketchy and, and iffy. I believe they said that he had worked at that particular FedEx hub at one particular part in time. Young guy, uh, I, w- I want to say he was 20 or 21, or he may have been older. He, he, he killed eight and he injured multiple others before taking his own life. Now, he, um, like I said, I believe they're saying he worked there at one particular point in time, but a report that I saw, and, and and I think the majority of the people that were killed were of a uh, certain community or religious group. They, they're called the uh, I don't I don't know where why they were why they're called the sick. I, I, I don't understand that. I have to look that up, and I apologize for not being more informed. But they're they're the uh, people that I, I wouldn't describe them as turbans, but they're head wraps. I want to say that they're Hindu, but like I said, I, I, I'm not too too uh, informed and aware of them. But you know, the the people that he killed were once again 
mother's father's somebody's child one lady that he killed was a a, a, a wife and a mother and a grandmother so that's man that, that's that's most definitely certainly is heart wrenching right there um this this young man <laughs> he was on the FBI's radar last year in fact and he was interviewed by the FBI and he had one well he had two guns and one of the two were taken away from him they were assault weapons or assault rifles but he had purchased them legally he had purchased the guns legally but somehow some way he had got on the, the FBI's radar I'm not sure if somebody well of course somebody had to say something or uh, alert the FBI and local officials also to him because uh, his family states you know of course they're deeply saddened by it and they don't know why or, or what would what 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 was his reasoning but they said they had tried to get him help he apparently he was suffering from some mental issues and you know like I said before uh, I don't know I, the, the thing of, of, of saying that someone had mental issues and and for them to then turn around and kill eight people <laughs> I can't I, I, I just can't you know I don't want to say well let me just say this here we go again Com- countries had country has opened back up a little bit somewhat and it appears we're returning to the same way it was before COVID. You know, we had mass shootings before COVID. People would get upset, walk into places and just start shooting and killing people. But here this guy was, he, he worked at the FedEx at one point in time. Maybe they fired him for whatever reason. But these people were just, once again, going about their daily lives. They were, they were going to work or at work. Started the shooting in the parking lot. In fact, one lady... Uh, who, who is uh, she's saying she's not a um, victim but she's a survivor one lady uh, said she couldn't get out of her car before he she looked up and realized somebody was coming towards her and he just started shooting so she put the car in drive and drove past him and went a certain point of destination and called 911 so here we have people that are just going about their everyday lives Case in point, when she was shot or had been shot, her son also worked there. He was 19 years old. He worked at the same uh, FedEx hub. So she was on the phone with with him at, I guess, 911, and he was trying to calm her her down. But she's not going for that victim mindset. She says she's a survivor. Survivor. Wow. Wow. Just doing your everyday, just going about your everyday life, going to work, trying to make a living. Someone gets upset or, or as they term, have mental issues and decides to go somewhere, uh, uh, just start shooting and killing people. Killed eight people, injured multiple more before he took his life, of course. Like I said, he was on the FBI's radar. They had interviewed him. He had purchased two assault rifles legally. FBI ended up taking one of the guns from him. But yet and still, he, he still did this. Prayers. Please pray. Pray for those survivors and, and those family members. I mean, even pray for his family because they're just as torn up 
as as the victims' families are. I mean, they they now have to live with this. You know, they said, "Hey, we tried to get him help, but for whatever reason, they couldn't get the help that he needed." In time, looks like. Just sad. Pray, pray, pray. Well, like I said, I wanted to get on this morning and speak with you guys for a little while before I. Start my daily task, my daily grind, you could say. There's a a peculiar story here in North Carolina that will throw me for a loop, and I'm sure it may throw you for a loop. It, it, it reminds me of a TV show. Oh, man, I can't think of this TV show where there was a teacher who uh, somehow or another got cancer and he started dealing with meth, I believe. Uh, that TV show escapes my mind, but I'm sure everyone knows that TV show. But this story here in North Carolina, man, it, it, it just threw me. And I, and I thought to myself, man, there's got to be something more. What, what in the world happened? Well, a beloved 40-year-old husband, father of three, a teacher of Spanish, and a head coach of the boys' varsity basketball and track teams of Union Academy Charter School in Monroe, North Carolina. Well, Monroe, Monroe sits outside of Charlotte. Was found dead inside of a drug stash house in Green Level, which is in Alamance County. Alamance County is about, uh, say, 30 or 45 minutes from where I reside here in Durham. Was found dead inside of a, a stash house, a drug stash house. house last week now what the sheriff is describing as an old western shootout at a mobile home apparently bullet holes were found in three other mobile homes and over 30 shell casings were found in and outside of the residence along with what appeared what they're saying the home appeared to have been ransacked Now, the teacher and his brother-in-law, these two, were, according to sheriff officials, were looking for drugs and money because they found the sheriff's department after uh, they went into the home and did their investigation or whatever. They found what they they said was uh, $7,000 in cash and two and a half of just over two and a half pounds of uh, cocaine found inside the home now when law enforcement arrived on the scene after receiving after receiving and responding to several several 911 calls of shots being fired multiple shots they found the teacher in a back bedroom dead of multiple gunshots wearing a face covering gloves and a bulletproof vest. Now the teacher and his brother-in-law, who's the only survivor? The brother-in-law is the only survivor here. Is being held in an Alamance County Detention Center without bond. Now also the teacher, wow, the teacher also already had another charge of carrying a concealed weapon and was awaiting court for that charge, which was a, a misdemeanor. 
I don't know if that has any relevancy right here. He already had an, another charge. What was what was going on in his personal life? You gotta ask. Apparently, he and his brother-in-law broke into the trailer and waited for a Mexican cartel member to arrive home. Wow. So if you were ever wondering, folks of North Carolina, if the Mexican cartel was here in North Carolina, there you go. They are here. They've been here. I mean, let's just be honest. They've been here. Now, once the uh, member of the Mexican cartel arrived, and and I'm not going to tell you the name of the Mexican cartel. I mean, you can look that up for yourself. I'm not giving any names here. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't need the aggravation or headache. Just the, the what if for me is just way too much. Now, once he had arrived there, they took him outside, bound him by the feet, and shot him two times in the head, execution style. The he later died at the hospital. Of course, the Mexican cartel member. Apparently, there was a shootout. It's like the sheriff said, hey, it was like an old Western shootout. They shot it out. Now, what officials are saying is this particular cartel is recognized as the most powerful and dangerous Mexican cartel in recent years. Uh, You know, this is according to multiple national media reports. Apparently, they're a, a little this this cartel. What they're also saying may be a little younger, maybe a, a new up and coming cartel, if you will, if I can say that. Uh, it's, it's just mind blowing to me that this teacher who was so beloved and coach who was so beloved somehow, some way got tied up and mixed up in this. And, and I got to ask, I, I'm sure many people are, including his family. Well, maybe they knew something we did, but I'm sure the kids that he taught and the athletes that he coached are asking what in the entire world was going on with him. Because he stayed in Monroe. Monroe, I guess you could say, is about an hour or so, maybe two hours away from here in Durham. And, and somehow another him and his brother drove up to Alamance County that's that's a good two hour drive or, or at least an hour and a half if you know how to push it I guess on the interstate they got to be asking the same thing I know many people ask what in the world you were a teacher and a husband a father of three how did in the world did you get caught up in this now the sheriff goes on to say that the um, <clears throat> you have to one thing you have to understand about North Carolina that a lot of people are now discovering is that Interstate 85, I-85, and Interstate 40 is well known as a drug corridor. Corridor. That means it's a pick up and drop off of drugs, which is where Alamance County sits. It sits right. I mean, any part of I-85 runs smack dab through it. Of course, you got some back roads, but for the most part. I-85 is the main main road. It runs straight through uh, Alamance County. So it's a drug corridor, along with being a sex trafficking corridor also. 
Now the sheriff, rightfully so, is extremely worried because as he feels, and he very well knows, he's saying there may be, but chances are there will be, retaliation by the cartel for the murder of one of its members. He goes on to say they don't forget and they're going to pay somebody back somewhere at some point in time. All facts. It's all facts. You know, when you get mixed up with, with, with those guys, they, they're brutal. They are brutal. Along with MS-13, you know, you know, you have the Mexican cartel and you have MS-13 also that's pretty prevalent here in North Carolina. Uh, MS-13 is also, a, I wouldn't call them a drug cartel, but from what I know, and a lot of a lot of the reports won't say this, but MS-13 at one point in time, they are um, what's called, they're from Honduras. And they're a revolutionary army, or at least they were years ago, decades ago. Hell, they might have even been funded by the U.S. government at that point in time down there in Honduras where they were fighting to uh, uh, get rid of that particular government that they didn't want in power. So they're a revolutionary army. And one thing about the MS-13 that that is known, just like the Mexican drug cartel, when you screw with them, they just don't come for you. They, um, their mantra or thing is to erase the whole bloodline. They don't play. And, and when you get mixed up with those guys, you got to be. It's like saying you have a death wish. You got to have a death wish, first of all, to get mixed up with those guys. You got to be foolish, and then you really have to have a death wish because if you ever cross them, that's it. That's the end of the road for you. And, and sadly, say your bloodline also, because they 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 wipe out the entire bloodline. They just do. It's not a myth. It's a fact. Now, a, a GoFundMe has been set up for the coach's wife and, and kids. And so far, they've raised $23,130. What they're saying on the page is he never met a stranger. And the encouragement and motivation he gave his students and athletes was priceless. Now, also after the, the day after his death, the school posted a statement on social media expressing the school's mourning over the loss of their beloved teacher and coach and encouraged students and staff to wear uh, the school's spirit wear to celebrate his life. And also the coach's motto. He had a motto. All love, no fear. Which they said will forever be a part of who we are as a school. Wow. Just wow. This is unbelievable. However, after the sheriff's press conference, they took down that previous post and, of course, replaced it with another statement stating how shocked and devastated they were by the latest developments and will continue to focus on supporting the students and families impacted by the tragic events. Wow. I mean, just, I I gotta ask, what in the entire world was he thinking? What was going on in his life 
that somehow, some way, he and his brother-in-law figured they could rob the Mexican cartel. I mean, maybe they had been staking out the place somehow, somewhat, and they knew that guy was the only one that was that would be there. You know, they they went to the house, they ransacked it, they were looking for drugs and money. Uh, I don't know much about the drug transactions or, or, or stash houses, but it didn't appear that they were going to get a great amount, a great quantity of drugs or money. They only found what, what, what they're describing is over, just over two and a half pounds of cocaine and $7,000 in cash. But I guess if, if you're having a hard go of and you decide to rob a, I guess that's a lot. It does. It just doesn't appear to be a lot to me. I'm thinking they were very well ill-informed because that's just not 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 a lot I mean maybe that stash house was just getting started I guess but I I, I mean just wow what in the world I mean I I read uh, you know when when I read this article and then I saw it online also you know, uh, some people were saying, you know, of course, what in the world? How could this be? One person has said, pay the teachers more. What does paying the teachers more have to do with you getting in your mind to go and rob a stash house? Stash house that you knew belonged to the Mexican cartel. Did you really think you were going to get away with it? Maybe so. Maybe they had did it before somewhere else. And like I said, I'm just not of that mindset. Uh, uh, I know enough to not even fathom the notion, no matter how how bad my life is or how broke I am, to go fool with those guys or any of those anybody that's involved in that drug trade. That drug trade, uh, it's it, like I said, it's a death wish. And like I said before, I've never met in my entire life a prosperous drug dealer but maybe this this Mexican cartel they are prosperous I guess I mean but to think that you were a teacher and a coach a father and a husband of three that somehow some way bad as your life was you decided to go rob this stash house just doesn't make any sense and I'm sure it doesn't make any sense to a whole lot of people that knew him because you know like I said he he stayed in Monroe County or he taught in Monroe County which is right outside of Charlotte and to drive an hour and a half to two hours if not more depending on how you drive to rob a, a stash house wow like I said, maybe they staked it out. Maybe they thought there would be more drugs and money in there. It just wasn't, didn't appear it was, it was that much that was there, especially to risk your life. Not even to think about risking your career, but to risk your life for two and a half pounds of cocaine and $7,000 in cash. That's such a small amount. And you left behind a wife and, and kids. I mean, I don't know about his personal life, but, um, Wow. Now, you know, like I, I said also, uh, they're saying I-85 and, of course, I-40, which is where Alamance County sits, is a drug corridor. And it's also known for a sex trafficking trade also. You know, the, and that's all the way through the United States, any interstate, interstate, you know, that's what every state in this country is facing. 
the, the, the interstates and highways are used for pickup and drop off of drugs and also for tra- uh, sex trafficking. That's just the, the country we live in now. And I really didn't know that that sex trafficking was that in, in that prevalent, especially here in North Carolina. But, you know, I can remember um, months ago, coincidentally, uh, months ago or a year or so ago, they raided a hotel in, in Burlington, which is in Alamance County, for sex trafficking. They busted some people for that. So, yeah, it, it is. That corridor is, it is that. That's what it is. And as far as the drug thing goes, wow. As we are now founding, finding out. And now we have to admit also, the cartel is here. Well, they've been here. And a lot of people may have been hush-hush. A lot of officials didn't want, really want to broadcast it and, and appear to be giving them some type of glorification. But now you have to. Because these events are happening more and more, uh, more and more. That that sex trafficking thing that I spoke of, uh, that's also part of that 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 drug cartel thing too. They, I don't want, I'm not being uh, funny, but they dabble in that also. They you know they use them as, as as mules for their drugs, especially young kids. That, that's that's the thing I guess apparently that's that's what we have become as a society you know I was looking at an article several uh, some time ago they were talking about the sex trafficking and they were saying that a lot of times when the kids come up missing and if they're fortunate enough to find them they've been mixed up in uh, sex trafficking and also uh, drug muling Drug muling is when you use, you know, they, they carry drugs. I mean, who's going to think to stop and look at a, at a child as a drug carrier? In fact, that's what they're also saying about that border down in uh, Texas along that way. They're finding a lot of kids that are mules trafficking drugs. There are so many things in this country that is going on. It is unbelievable. It really is. It's unbelievable. Unfathomable, even. But it's here and it's happening. Yeah, there, there's, there's so much going on here. But for this particular story, and I, I hate to keep beating and harping on it, but man, what were you thinking? Did you really believe that you were going to rob that house and get the the big score was that 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 was that in you? Was the teacher thing a, a whole facade? Were you? I mean, at, at some point in time, were you once a stick-up kid? I mean, that's for the local drug dealers, but you graduated and you went to a cartel. Wow, man, what? prayers because like I said you left behind a wife and three kids and then all of those kids you impacted and touched when you I mean a teacher and a coach you, you left them behind too I mean what like I said earlier what was really going on in your personal life was it really that bad 
Or were you really that bad off that you decided to do this? And I oftentimes say to myself, man, what do what what makes people do things like this? Could have been something that was that bad. It really could have. He could have felt, hey, this is this is my last result to to to, to get myself together. Maybe the pay, I mean, I know the pay of teachers is is quite low, and maybe he needed some extra money because of uh, the help with his family life. But I just think he could have chose something different from this. This was just way too extreme, and it cost you your life. It cost you your life. Now your kids are going to grow up without their father. Your wife is, is now a widow. She now has to, you know, figure out how she's going to provide not only for herself, but her three kids. I don't know. It it seems like every day, more and more, we're hearing stories of adults making bad decisions. And unfortunately, that bad decision is your last decision. Because we find a lot of them are, are, are dying or being killed. I mean, what is going on in this country? This guy, this teacher, he was in his 40s. I mean, I know a lot of people say 40s. That 40s not old or in your 40s. That's not old. I feel as though if you're in your 40s, you're really starting your life. You're supposed to be mature. You're supposed to be able to think a whole lot better and make better decisions and choices than this. This was this this was something you I would think you would do when you were younger, when, when, when balls to the wall, sort of thing. But in your forties, with a wife and kids, you're you're just and, and you're running. And the brother-in-law was was forty-one, I believe, and I think uh, the teacher was forty. But you guys are in your forties now, and and you. Make a decision to go rob a stash house. Maybe, uh, maybe this was something they had been doing or, or known for. Because, like I said, well, there's a lot of stuff that's missing from this story. And it, the incident just happened last week, so I'm, I'm sure the police are still investigating, and uh, maybe they'll find out more. Because right now, this this is, just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just doesn't. I gotta say, this doesn't make this doesn't make any sense I wouldn't think a 40 year old would uh, do anything like this especially if you have a wife and kids that alone would make me stop and think but apparently not then you think about the, you know these mass shootings that are going on also apparently there was another shooting in um, I want to say in Illinois at a bar Illinois is at a bar or something I think three were killed that may have been uh, uh, just a dispute I don't know uh, they say it's gun violence that the guns are the problem I say no it's not the guns aren't the problem and some say it's, it's how guns are readily available no that's not the problem like I said before it's you the individual person and the decision and choices you made and these two these two examples scream of piss poor decisions and choices bottom line regardless of your mental health or regardless of your mindset or maybe your bad financial situation 
not saying that was the reason that, that this this teacher went and tried to rob this stash house. Could, stash house could be, could not be. But this is about decisions and choices. Guns are just guns aren't the problem. I feel. I feel as though it's human beings making bad decisions and choices, and everyone else that's left has to deal with it. You've done your dirt and you moved on. You have gone on to glory. If you know, I don't know. I, well, I can't speak on that. I, I'm not God, so I'm not going to speak on that. But you, you, you make the decision. You get caught up or get killed, or you take your own life, like the gentleman did in Indiana. And family members and victims' families are left to deal with your. Piss poor decisions and choices. Mm. Lord help us all. Lord help us all. Well, like I said, I just wanted to get on here this morning and speak with you guys uh, for a little while on Sunday. It's been a while since I've been able to get in touch or get get online and, and speak with people. You guys on Sunday I haven't made a podcast on a Sunday in a while. I'm usually working or doing something around the house, so I had some free time this morning, and I decided to get up here and, and, and hate to come with this, these two particular bad, three bad stories. But if I could say anything, if you're alive and well, and you're able to move about, get out and enjoy life. And if somehow, some way you're thinking of doing something that you know in your heart of hearts and you know in your mind isn't right and it could possibly cost you your life and possibly leave your family members and loved ones in turmoil, pray. Go to God about it. And I'm not talking about that 10% God. Go to God about it supposed to have a one-on-one working relationship with them anyway I think everyone needs to just stop and think stop thinking about yourselves and think about others that are left to deal with your mess and nonsense because all both of these stories are just nonsense that's just what they are nonsense ignorance at its highest form think that you could go take a life somehow, some way or or even that you could go and rob a drug stash house that belongs to the Mexican cartel I, I can rest assuredly when I say you knew who that house belonged to, you weren't oblivious to it if you drove over uh, you drove all these many miles you knew that it belonged to to the Mexican cartel. Did you not know what they were about? Just like that sheriff deputy said, the sheriff said, there's going to be retaliation. There's going to be. You didn't get the drugs or the money, but you end up killing one of their members. So that's just as bad. You end up killing one of their members. That's just as bad in their eyes. So they got to make an example. Pray for the family. Pray, pray for that family. They've got to be going through it. They know got to be. They are going through it. Pray for them. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all.
for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. I won't bite. Not physically anyway, verbally I may. But I, I won't even do that. There. I, I love the I love the spirit of debate. So I, I won't I won't get upset and fly off in a rant or whatever. So leave a response. I would love to hear your voice. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, along with Verbal and WordPress. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. <laughs>